0: gazette acknowledges and pays respect to the owners of the land on which the rmit studios stand the worundjeri people of the kulin nations the swanston gazette also acknowledges and pays respect to the elders and traditional owners of the lands our content reaches hello guys my name is alicia welcome to the rundown so today i'm here with adam and isabella how are you guys going today we're going great
1: yeah going fantastic it's nice to get on the mic again after being behind the scenes for a couple of weeks definitely looking forward to get my voice from radio and entertain the masses as always yeah oh,
2: yeah so becoming a star we me and alicia <laughs> both haven't been here for the past week so we're back I hope re- you didn't miss us too much <laughs>
1: bit of a reunion for uh, all involved
2: yeah that is yeah. very true so what are our top stories today alicia so adam what are our top news stories today
1: well, the leading stories today are the ACT will provide free abortions from today. Their government will spend $4.6 million over four years to provide this free access. A committee tasked with investigating job seeker rates urges substantial increases ahead of the federal election.
0: The major parties have rejected a bill introduced by the Greens to freeze student debts in Australia. A Senate committee tasked with the evaluation of the bill said it was unclear if the measures would effectively ease cost of living pressures. Jacinta Numpajimpa-Price is the new Shadow Minister for Indigenous Affairs.
2: Luxury fashion house Hermes has just reported its 23% surge in sales as wealthy elite splurge on must-have bags. And Frank Ocean drops out of weekend two of Coachella due to fractures and a sprain in his left leg.
1: Can we all agree that that's, like, the biggest news for the week? No. I just...
2: I'm... I'm a big Ocean stan. Like I'm here for him, and I just feel uh, as much as I was so happy he came back for just a little hot minute. I just feel like he should have taken a few more, mm. a few more years to break, really get his stuff together, come back with a big kick. Because I feel like he's done this, and now, not that his reputation is lost, but I feel like there's definitely a lot of anger and hate in the world.
1: Your reputation has just gone down a little bit because of the uh, performance and all the kind of the chaos around it.
2: I feel like sometimes I feel like for him it is, but I also feel like sometimes you have to differentiate the person to the art. So as much as maybe I'm like, "Damn it, Frank," I'm still like, "I still love your music." So please produce more and bring some more out.
0: In student life this week, so peak university board, university of Australia has said that the job ready graduate scheme has dismally failed. The Jobs Ready graduates package was implemented by the former coalition government in the first year of the COVID-19 pandemic to incentivise students to study certain degrees, including, including science and engineering. It reduced the overall government contribution to degrees from 58% to 52% and increased fees for some courses, including humanities, to fund fee cuts in other courses and 39 Thousand extra university places.
1: Quite interesting, especially from our point of view, because world language communication degree, journalism degree, and all comes under art. And as we have seen, uh, Hector unfortunately for doing this degree is kind of skyrocketed.
2: Which is crazy because now with the with June coming up, it's actually going to go um, Even up
1: by Seven
2: percent of inflation. Yeah, indexation. Uh, yeah. yeah. Which is crazy. so great, and it's yeah. like there's all these incentives to study, and it's like. Mm. <laughs> Well, when you actually look at it, it's like, eh. Yeah. I think the general consensus is,
0: like, when people pick their university degrees, they're not looking at the price. No, no. That's a thing that comes later. Mm. Like, you're just, like, majorly increasing people's debt for, you know, like, for what cause? Like, people are going to still go to the degrees they want to go to, like, the the hex amount is not going to deter them.
2: No, but also, and, you know, they say, oh, but we, we only take it out of your account when you start earning a certain amount. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. let's take into living costs right now. Let's take into inflation. So I have to get a job that pays off, that has a good salary enough to pay off my debt um, to pay for my cost of living. How am I meant to do this? And there's so much pressure right now that, inf- like, our salaries are not matching to inflation
1: Education shouldn't be a financial decision. It should be you're following your passions, especially when you're looking at... Eight. These texts, they mostly um affect people like us, 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds. And you have people who are kind of going to courses that are cheaper but not necessarily higher paying, then that's going to lead to probably a worse, less happy, less enjoyable, less productive workforce overall because people are not following their passions. People are not saying, I want to be a lawyer, but that's too expensive, I'll actually be an engineer. Yeah. So it just kind of, it doesn't make sense from my 100%. point of view why they're kind of doing that.
2: And also, like, that comes back to this whole thing, like, our generation, you know, Gen Z, we're going to be, it's the first time that we're going to be poorer than our parents, apparently. And it's like, of course we are. Look at what we're going through. You know, I'm sure, like, back then, I don't think a uni degree cost as much as it did now. So, I don't know. It's just my little two cents.
1: So, obviously, the universities are are charging these fees, whether they like it or not. What What are some of the universities actually said about this? Do they support these measures to increase higher fees for some certain courses?
0: So, National University's Vice-Chancellor, Brian Smith, said that there shouldn't be barriers to public funding based on degrees that governments don't like. Students know what's best for them, he said. Incentivize them and let them keep their agency, give them scholarships that changes people's minds. And I think that's, yeah, absolutely true. Mm-hmm.
1: If the educators are disagreeing with the decision by the politicians, I think that's kind of telling you a lot of things, because so these are the people that work alongside students, that teach the students that encourage them to follow their passions in life. And if they're disagreeing with it, then I think we might have been an issue here, to be honest. I mean, politics is always subjective. Talking about things, something that's also very subjective, uh, fashion. What are the fashion news uh, today, Isabella?
2: Ah, oh, there is some fashion news today. Um Love it. No, so I want to start off with this first topic. Um, it's not so much news, but it has just come out. I think it's really interesting. So... Vogue America um, has is paying tribute to Karl Lagerfeld with a star-studded May cover ahead of the Met Gala, which is one of the biggest fashion events in the whole year. So Vogue magazine has just paid its tribute the, to the late designer. Um, the cover features 10 models that Lagerfeld loved the most, so like his muses. It also included his beloved cat, Chupette and 10 designers who spoke about Karl Lagerfeld's legacy, as well as designing certain pieces for each model. So just to name a few of the designers, we had Donatella Versace, we had Olivier Rusting from Balmain, we had Tom Brown, we had John Galliano, so like the biggest names in fashion, kind of putting a twist with Chanel's legacy on their own pieces that they designed. Um, the cover shoot was actually taken at the Paris' Grand Palais and it also leads up to the 2023 Met Gala theme, which was in honour of Cole.
1: Do you have, like, a personal favourite piece by Lagerfeld? Is there any, like, one piece do you associate his design, his vision with?
2: I definitely think the Chanel tweed suits, they are an iconic power suit. I feel like designers um, have definitely put their own spins on power suits, which is really cool to see. I mean, women back in the 40s were dressed for, as they like to say in the men's eye, and it was very much, you know, Mm. small waists, big, you know, Um, flared skirts to show off the woman's figure and then we had people like Yves Saint Laurent and even Carl to come in and say hang on like let's revolutionize these power suits that show women as more of a power figure rather than these you know women wearing dresses to please a man I still think that dresses are incredibly dominant don't get me wrong but I think it's really cool that he kind of had this spin on it um so yeah I think the tweed suits are really iconic but
1: would you also say that he kind of tried to steer away from the stereotypical kind of hourglass figure that women were kind of were expected to be back in that era?
2: Yeah, I feel like it's a, interesting when we go into this debate because so many designers have their own certain visions and I feel like Carl kind of tried to incorporate all different kind of legacies into his designs. You know, he really focused on... When I see Carl's designs, I think of elegant, chic, very woman-like, but also having those spins with that dominant masculinity, which I think is so important to see these days, and I love that.
1: Well, as someone who does most of their shopping in either rip curl or, or osmosis, I shall take your word for it.
2: Yep. if you ever need a styling session, Adam, I'm always here.
1: A, I could be the muse. Yes, you can be, you can you, be my
2: muse. You girls
1: <laughs> and the audience has my permission to be my fashionistas, that is for sure.
2: Yes, well, going on to our next story. Um, pension protesters storm LVMH headquarters in Paris amidst the ongoing unrest over proposed reforms with um, the nationwide demonstrations against French President Emmanuel Macron's proposed pension reforms. So LVMH is a French multinational luxury goods conglomerate that owns brands such as Louis Vuitton, Christian Dior, Bulgari. So pretty much their protesters stormed the Paris headquarters. Um, They entered the building. They stuck union stickers on the facade and demanded the government take money from billionaires to fund pensions. Uh, The protest took place the day after LVMH announced a 17% rise in quarter one sales and market capitalisation surpassing €440 billion, making LVMH CEO Bernard Alnout the world's richest man, according to Forbes.
0: Wow, that is an insane amount of money that I just cannot visualise, like, at all. It's crazy.
2: And do you know what makes me laugh the most is everybody's always like, fashion, there's no money in the fashion industry, there's none. Like, so hard to make It's like, oh, let's look at the world's richest man Mm. who is in fashion, you know. He does pay.
1: So for those who aren't familiar with LVMH, what kind of companies do they own or what their kind of like spin-offs, their kind of subsidies?
2: Well, their biggest subsidies is obviously Louis Vuitton, um, which is iconic. Adam, do you know Louis Vuitton?
1: All I know is, a are, they, are they Gucci bags? You're so not on the right path, but I love that you're trying. It's the thought that counts. It's the it endu- is the, it's the, the enthusiasm. that counts.
2: It is more like Dior. Um, I'm sure I'll educate Adam in some Louis Vuitton pieces. They are very iconic. But, no, it's the biggest fashion luxury um, kind of empire in the world. So you have LVMH who owns, as I said, Louis Vuitton, Christian Dior and then you have Kering Group which owns like Yves Saint Laurent, um, Alexander McQueen and all those brands. So these brands make up kind of all the wealth that they get from, you know, you know how expensive luxury pieces are. Mm. So no wonder they are
1: billionaires. Yeah, I'll be honest, I think the extent of my fashion ends when when I watched it, uh, Devil's Worth Prada back in the day. I think that's basically where I know everything.
0: Hey, that's enough education. <laughs> exactly. I will be disappointed if you do not rock up
2: next week in a full Louis Vuitton outfit. Yeah. Oh, exactly. So we have expectations We now. have. I've placed major expectations on you and oh, we'll God. make sure to upload all of Adam's amazing fashion onto our uh, Swanson Gazette Instagram.
1: And uh, lovely audience members, I'd like to announce this will be my final episode as uh, <laughs> producer of the, uh, the rundown. It's been lovely hearing your, your thoughts and hearing your ears, but I think that's something I shall rue re- myself from.
2: Well, we can't have that because now you have to tell us all about your sports news.
1: Exactly. I may not know much about fashion, but I'd like to think I know a bit about... Uh, Nah, I'll reset really that. <laughs> 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 keep it in. I, 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 I couldn't please, res- I, I, please keep it. I couldn't, I couldn't resist. I'm like, is there? I have keep to take it. Keep
2: it in. Please it. keep it in. Who cares? Should we just be like, moment of silence for Adam's dignity? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and there's my ethics and morals as a journalist out, out of the window. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Anyways, getting back on track. Thank you, Isabella, for that wonderful introduction. Here are your sport headlines for the week. St Kilda legend Nicky Winmar has received an official apology from Collingwood Football Club in response to the racial abuse he and former teammate Gilmore McCadam received from Magpie supporters at Victoria Park 30 years ago to this day. The apology, which came before the top-of-the-table clash between two sides yesterday at Adelaide Oval to conclude the gather round in which all AFL games took place in Adelaide, represents a formal closure for both the club's and Winmar. Speaking with Fox footy presenter and Indigenous former player Eddie Betts, Winmar expects his gratitude for the support he received within the AFL community and the general public overall. The statement aligned with AFL's commitment to better support the nation's Indigenous and Torres Strait Islander communities through their Be Ready program.
0: That's insane that it's 30 years like past this event and now there's like an apology.
1: As a die-hard footy fan, that's one of the most iconic images you will see that represents our sport. is also represents both the issues the AFL has had with racism but also society as a whole. Like, every footy fan would have seen the legendary photo of Nicky pulling up his Saints jersey and pointing to his skin. He's skin. That's simply thing to find that whatever you say, I am who I am. I embrace who I am. And all they down the track is fantastic what the likes of him and Eddie Betts have done within the community, both on the pitch and off the pitch, and they deserve so much credit for it. I think it's one of those things that it's just, it took time, but it's good that people, have, that people kind are of awakening to the vision that something needs to change, and it has to change, and we can't go back to what we used to be.
0: Yeah, it's definitely like years later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it's definitely inspiring change in like younger Indigenous people because I'm a bulldog supporter. Yeah. Oh uh, God. Yeah. yeah, Jamara has also done the iconic. That was pose. iconic. Yeah. I think
2: Jamara is also somebody who's going to make strides in that area of football, which I think we really need to see.
1: Yep. I think at the end of the day, like your skin shouldn't define who you are. It's your personality. Your personality, your skin you can't control. It's what you're born with. Real Madrid and AC Milan put their spots in the UEFA Champions League semi-final yesterday morning. Goals from Krim Benzema and Marco Asensio ran off to secure a 2-0 victory for Los Blancos against Chelsea, sending them 3-4-0 on a two-leg aggregate. Milan had a tougher time against fellow Italians Napoli, with a 40-minute first-leg shot by Ismael Benenka and a 43rd minute second-leg goal by Leverie Giroud, proving a difference for the Milanese. Napoli will only ever be partially consoled by the fact they look to wrap up the Serie A title in a matter of days. Madrid will now face Manchester City in the first semi, while Inter Milan and AC Milan will play out a mouth-watering Milan semi-final. Andre Rudleb has won his first Masters 1,000 title in Monte Carlo this week, with a nail-biting 7-5, 2-6, 5-7 victory over Dane Holgerun in the final at roquebrune Cap-Martin, France. The win, which is his 13th ATP title overall, sees the Russian maintaining 6th place in the global rankings, 3,000 points behind world number one Novak Djokovic. To finish on a more solemn note, Faith Thomas, the first Indigenous woman to play international level sport for Australia, has died at the age of 90 this week. Faith, a survivor of the solemn generation, was an inspiration to many, both on and off the pitch. Her charitable works were pro- proved to be just as effective in the community as her pace bowling was on the cricket pitch. Indigenous cricketers such as Ash Gardner, Scott Bolan and Jason Gillespie have since walked down the path to she Forge so many years ago. We at the Swanson Rundown send our condolences to her family and loved ones and acknowledge the part she's played in changing Australia for the better. That's all for sport. Back to you, Isabella.
2: Thanks for that, Adam. That was a very big rundown on sports. So I really hope you guys all enjoyed our little individual topics. We covered all things from student life to sports to fashion. Um, We do these podcast episodes every week, usually with different hosts and different topics. Um, So check our Instagram out at the Swanson Gazette and we hope you guys can join us next week. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in, guys.
1: See you guys around. Bye.